Hi all, I'm Dan Smegrod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum. Today is Thursday, April 19th, 2018, and you're watching WGAN-TV Live at 5. We have a super great show for you today, uh, really excited. Um, uh, we're talking to uh, the folks at uh, Cupix, C-U-P-I-X, C-U-P-I-X dot com, and it's kind of the intersection of Cupix meets um, <coughs> architects, engineering, and construction in the AEC space. Uh, I've had just a, a chance to get a, a sneak preview. All I can tell you is magical. That's what you're about to see is, is magic as Cupix takes us through uh, 3D tour, 3D tour compared in a split screen panel to uh, different points of time in a split screen view uh, versus a, a Revit uh, 3D uh, BIM model. So super excited. Our, our guests in the studio today, um, uh, we have uh, Scott. Uh, Scott is the uh, Cupix Director of Sales. Uh, Scott, good to see you again, your third time on our Hello. show. Thank you for having me and us, Dan, again. It's always great to be here. You bet. And you, you've you brought with you Cupix Head of Product Strategy, Paul Collert. Uh, Paul, good to see you. Good seeing you. And I, and I know you're not a, a stranger to We Get Around Network Forum members. Regular readers will know that you, I, I want to say you wrote something like a 40-page um, uh, compare and contrast all the different uh, 3D tour platforms that are uh, of interest to those in the real estate space. So, uh, and uh, subsequently from that, I think you now ended up at uh, Cupix. So very, very exciting. Great. Um, uh, uh, Scott, Paul, uh, where, where would you like to be begin? Uh, you want to give us a, a demo in this AEC space? Yeah, I could. I could start off. Uh, I'd like. We'd like to present. A little bit of background on Cupix, a little bit of what we've done, just really briefly, and then um, I get into uh, maybe a more in-depth introduction of Paul and some of his motivations and in getting involved with uh, Cupix and what he brings to the table, and then let him have at it um, on uh, some of the base uh, uh, basic stuff and just take it from there. So I'd like to share my screen if I could. Sure. All right, so just to get started, I want to uh, remind everybody what Cupix uh, brings to the table uh, from a technology perspective. There's a couple of videos on Cupix that are on the We Get Around forum, and uh, there's plenty of uh, topics and articles that you can find around the web and on the forum. Uh, but uh, this is this serves as a nice little overview of what Cupix does. Um, basically, we're focusing on 360 photos and 360 uh, camera data. You can get cameras at Amazon. Uh, delivered to you overnight. Just the other day, I was in the Apple store and I needed a camera. I picked up a camera at the Apple store, uh, unboxed it, took some photos at the Apple store, um, generated a 3D tour at the Apple store. Um, it's kind of cool that you could do that. You can also find cameras at the Microsoft store and, uh, and uh, Fry's Electronics. So, you've got a lot of cameras uh, around in the 360 photo formats becoming more and more prominent. So, um, Yeah, I would say, I would just add here that the, the magic of Cupix is that you can use any 360 camera uh, to create 3D tours. And whether that's a $130 solution or a 10,000 or 20,000 or more solution, there's a, a 360 camera at your price point uh, that magically works with the Cupix platform to create a 3D tour. 
yeah, uh, the Apple Store was selling uh, the Insta One camera, and it's pretty amazing that you can uh, latch it onto a bullet and spin it around and just make this awesome, this awesome uh, effect like you're just in a real action environment. So I think a lot of the consumerism is being driven by action photography, but the optics are great, the hardware's great, and you can get them anywhere for a wide variety of prices. Um, and that's what we're going to be focusing on, the AEC webinar today. Um, but uh, getting back to Cupix, starting with any 360 uh, camera uh, data, you just take the photos, and Cupix is going to automatically figure out the image overlap. So there's a couple of photos of a residential uh, setting. It's got some nice wood floors, nice ceiling. You just take a couple dozen photos, and you can generate a, a tour of a space. And, and, and for clarity, when Scott talks about photos, he's talking about a 360 photo. Correct. The 360 cameras uh, create 360 photos. Uh, thank you, Dan. And from there, we're going to run through an image processing pipeline. So we'll process the images, figure out overlap between photos, automatically generate a, a 3D model um, with a texture mapped uh, surface. And all of this, uh, this buildup can be used for uh, visualization of a space so you can get uh, views from any perspective of the 360 photos. And we'll be looking at that quite some depth as we, uh, as we go through this um, in, in an AC environment, so constructions construction facility management and other areas. Um, we're using some pretty heavy computation on the back end uh, to make this happen. Um, the results are a 3D tour and once you have that tour uh, available you can do walkthrough just like you would expect to do with Google Street View or Matterport. You can jump from panel location to panel location and walk through the space and we're automatically establishing connectivity and if there's a uh, panel location on the other side of the wall, for example, or on the other side of a, a wall, we're going to control the connectivity so they're not able to jump through walls. So we're creating a really smart, intelligent uh, environment with 3D walls and um, the ability to control um, where, where you're walking uh, along the path. So a really nice VR environment that's created with uh, Cupix. Um, the 2D sketch is automatically generated. We're calling this the uh, auto-generated 2D sketch of the uh, tour. And what you can see is we've got sketched in lines from the uh, walls, sketched in lines from uh, the bar. So instead of taking a single cross section, we're actually doing something a lot more, a lot more depth uh, to get these this, uh, walls that can be used for um, working uh, with alignment, uh, working with uh, understanding how walking paths take place and getting a really clear understanding of the overall look and um, size of a space. So you can see the panel locations, you can see the etched in, etched in uh, uh, black lines. That's uh, really more than just a single cross section. There's a lot of information there that becomes available once you create the Cubic Store. Uh, from there, we can also, uh, uh, we're also generating a 3D mesh. So what you're seeing here is uh, the top ceiling of the mesh. You can also uh, see some of the walls and the bottom of the mesh. And this is great for uh, conceptual awareness of the size of the mesh. Um, but in this webinar, it's not really a focus of uh, Cupix. The mesh is helpful for taking a couple of measurements here and there, but um, not really used and leveraged beyond aligning this, the mesh data to a, a floor plan or the mesh data to um, other objects that we're going to be looking at and Paul's going to be going over. Um, but we do have this model, uh, which makes it uh, very helpful to 
align the mesh to uh, floor plans and uh, have an overall sense of the size and the scale of the uh, 3D tour. Um, so that's that's kind of the back and forth of Cupix. And um, what I'm going to show here before I uh, hand it over to Paul, who's got some really amazing stuff to tell and explain, is I've got a couple of examples uh, that I wanted to go through um, for everybody. And this is an example of working through a Cupix uh, model. So this is an end result of a Cupix model. What we did is we took uh, a, about 100 or so photos of the top floor and the bottom floor. And sorry, one second. And, and for our viewers, I just want to point out that be, because of the magic of how we do our, our TV show, uh, there is some latency in what we're seeing, but there isn't any latency when you do this in person with it. So just the, the, uh, the challenge of, of uh, three people and uh, being all together and doing a demo, there's some latency as Scott goes through and does his demo. All right. Thank, thank you. Uh, all right. So what we're looking at here is a completed uh, tour. So this is the end result of the tour. And we have a floor plan that's uh, being shown, so you can uh, navigate to any area on the floor plan. You can navigate uh, within the uh, location, and you can see this is a, a residential construction, something that's in progress. Uh, we can navigate down to the ground floor, or the, the basement, rather, and take a look. That's a, that's a residence? Uh, yeah, it's a, a one-story residence with a wow. basement. Okay. Uh, just a, about a thou, uh, 2,000 square feet, so a pretty small space. Okay. Um, and we can navigate anywhere we'd like uh, to see uh, different areas of the model and different areas of the tour. We can uh, introduce some of these uh, 3D objects into the tour, um, pins. But this is basically what you get um, out of Cupix. And the way that you can get there, um, like I was describing, is you upload uh, photos. So you can upload 44 fo uh, photos of the basement, for example. Okay. Again, uh, upload photos means upload 360 photos from a 360 camera. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And actually, the terminology that we've decided to use, I'm, I'm misusing it, is panos. So you can actually upload panos. Okay. Panos help you uh, uh, locate where you are. So you can also upload panos from the ground um, or outside, and those all are used to construct a, a tour. So um, that's how it works. Um, photos go up, you immediately have a, a layout uh, that you can look at. And in this layout, you've got a um, floor plan that you can align to. I'm going to hide the floor plan. You can see that you've got a mesh and then the cross sections that can really easily help you align the uh, sections to um, the, the, the tour data uh, to one another. So if you're working on the uh, top first floor or the basement, um, it's quite easy to line up the created tour to an existing floor plan. Um, and that's, uh, that's showing, showing a real, real example of, albeit a residential space, and Paul's going to get into some much um, bigger bigger areas in a moment. Um, so that's a quick intro to Cupix. And what I'd like to do now um, is just show a slide uh, with some graphic work that I like to do with Paul, because he's, uh, he's really out and about. Um, collecting a lot of uh, content for Cupix. And um, in introducing him, I took some photos of Paul while he was collecting uh, data at a construction site in San Francisco. So you can see the beautiful view over there. But we like to uh, kind of uh, 
work with his work with his head, work with his uh, helmet, work with uh, the graphics a little bit because he's collecting a lot of the uh, construction and facilities work and doing a lot of the prove out for uh, Cupix. So Paul is the head of product strategy at Cupix, and he is also the author of the 45-page compare VR platforms that was just on the We Get Around network. So yes, first first published on the We Get Around network uh, blog, and uh, it's available. Uh, free to any We Get Around Network forum member. Just private message me if you'd like that 45-page uh, guide. Yeah, and I'd like to hand it over to Paul because Paul had has been uh, you know, quite active for a lot of the history of Cubix. Having recently joined uh, the company, thought, uh, he thought that'd be great to explain his motivations for coming on board. So I'd like to hand it over to you, Paul, and um, you know, talk a little bit about why you're here. Paul, you're looking super geeky with that uh, 360 uh, my camera on on top of your hard hat there. I think you still have your uh, we still have you on mute there, Paul. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, uh, let's so, get look, looking a super more. super geeky there. Yeah, <laughs> but I I can't wait to have that look myself. So yeah. I I hope you all will send us the mount that you're using to to uh, to add that little selfie pole to that uh, absolutely. Hard hat. Actually, yeah. I have it sitting right here. Yeah. I, 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 I want that so badly. <laughs> uh, we need to pick someone a little more photogenic, Scott. So anyway, yeah. uh, again, thanks, Dan. And, you know, a little history, you know, Dan, it was about a year and a half ago. I reached out to you. Uh, it, it, I was researching AC technologies, had questions about Matterport. And I kind of mentioned to you, I was, I was kind of testing residential real estate tours, 3D tours for AEC mentioned I had a whole bunch of tours in my house and you're like, hey, why don't you write an article? And I was like, okay. And I really didn't know what I was getting into. It was a lot of work. It, it was a massive so. undertaking. I don't, I don't think any trade journal would ever uh, do as deep a dive that you did, which thank you, was absolutely phenomenal. And I don't mind the technical, but then I had to write something and that's just not my strength. So um, now the one thing is my wife was a fan of it because I have, you know, she'd come home at the end of the day from work and the house is cleaned up and she'd be like, did you do a 3D tour today? And I go, yeah, <laughs> I'm so happy I would, I would clean the house. A clean, maybe clean, tidy is maybe a better word. So, um, but really my motivation on it was researching technologies that can be extended to AEC and improve processes in AEC. And a lot of what I've been researching over the last couple of years is Kind of the entire life cycle of buildings and a lot of times it starts in commercial real estate for example again commercial not res uh, residential but it starts with commercial real estate and maybe they need to market the space so obviously a 3d tour could help with that but then it's looking at how can this information be carried throughout the entire life cycle um, so from there a tenant might be interested in a space maybe they need to do test fits is this space going to work for them and if they pick a space, maybe then they're going into the architectural process and, you know, they're going to do tenant improvements or, you know, they need to remodel the space for their specific needs. Then you go into the architectural process, the space planning, schematic design, design development to construction, and then in the construction process. And then it's, then it gets handed over to the building over to building owner or tenant. And it's this constant uh, life cycle of this information. And today information is lost all the time. And I've, been just really uh, interested in how can we improve that, help with the information, storage of the information, and make it useful over time. And 
so that's that was really my motivation and and the nice thing about writing this article i met i met a lot of great people a lot of great companies out there and simon the ceo of uh cupix reached out and i included him on that article and i've been in touch with them since a year and a half ago and we'd get together every month and we talk about what's going on and i kept kind of pushing him into the aec direction and where they they weren't originally doing those types of things and then six months ago he started we started maybe meeting more often um and and then in november he was showing me all these things that i'd been suggesting to him and kind of decided at that point well you know maybe simon it's a good time where you could actually pay me now for some of these ideas (laughs) and and it's it's been great so it's uh working with a team that's really making things fast uh it's amazing the the life cycle of the development is just it's really fast and it's really exciting so um there's a lot of things going on a lot of things we have planned planned to do um so so with that um and and one of the things with comparing residential real estate tours and then getting into commercial um and i've had a lot of conversations with different people about this is once you get into commercial um a lot of times labor is your biggest cost because you know you're going from working on um houses that are 1300 square feet like my little house to houses that you know maybe if you're lucky you have a 10,000 square foot house um but then when you start getting a commercial you know you're talking offices that are 10,000 25,000 100,000 square feet millions of square feet and when it comes to and and many of the software providers I've talked to they really didn't care about labor it wasn't it just wasn't a factor but when you want to go capture a million square feet labor is your biggest cost and so a lot of what I've been pushing is how can we capture this really fast so that again your labor is your biggest cost I need to do it as fast as possible um, and I'm actually going to bring up a, a graphic I created. Oh, helps to uh, share my screen though. Can you sh- see my screen there? Yes. And what I did was um, I took some numbers, and again, we have a lot of Matterport people here, so um, I used you know you could capture a Matterport tour, let's say it. 2,500 square feet an hour. And again, a lot of this really depends on the space. Is and, it? and I think that's a lot. Uh, you know, so, Matterport would probably say they could do more than that. But um, and for me, scanning residential, um, I, I think it's about 1,000 a, a square feet an okay. hour. Um, I, I think if you're maybe if you're in a commercial space and it, you're not getting behind the sofa and the couch, maybe it's faster. But this, you still have – you still – um, even at, at, at 2,500 square feet an hour, that's probably being um, generous to Matterport. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and so what I've done is I've compared kind of a size of a project with time. Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing is the yellow line is showing what we call interv- uh, using interval photos. I'll explain that here in a second. And then another option we have is to actually go and take video of the site. So interval photos... Now, one of the things when you're dealing in AEC, uh, facilities management in these types of spaces, uh, you're not as concerned about being in the photo. And what you'll see in some of the examples we show you, a lot of times I just wear that, I wear this construction hat 
And really what you see when you look down, you just see the top of the helmet. And again, it's, it's your, your biggest issue is I need to capture this as fast as possible. And so having to get out of the shot is really a big waste of time when it comes to AEC and facilities. Now, interval photos is a lot of the photo, uh, 360 cameras you have now have this mode called interval photos where it will automatically take photos, say every two seconds, four seconds, eight seconds. And what it does is it makes it very easy for a user to just enable the mode, put your phone in your pocket and walk the space. And it's literally take the picture, it beeps at you, you take a three, four casual steps, you stop, stand still, take a picture. And it's a repeat over and over and over again. And again, it depends upon the type of space. I have spaces where, you know, it took 15,000, you know, I'm getting 15,000 square feet per hour, but I have other spaces where it could be 100,000 square feet per hour. And if you're talking in really open areas. Um, and then the other option is with video. And more often than not, I'm actually using time-lapse video. So again, most of the cameras support that, but as opposed to taking 30 frames a second for video, go through and take two frames a second. And what that does is it really makes the file more manageable. So, you know, in, you know you're getting a, a file that's 15 times smaller than a file done, a video created with 30 frames a second. So it becomes much easier to load that over the internet or copy it and those types of things. You know, if you have a really long video, it's, I gotta load two gigs of data. It takes forever to do that. So we're encouraging a lot of people to do it with time-lapse video. Um, so again, the graphic here is just showing as the space gets larger, what you'll find are terrestrial systems, be it Matterport, be it your HD laser scanning, um, it really, again, your labor becomes your biggest uh, issue. So. If, if, you, if you just go back to that slide, because I, I, oh, this, this slide is actually so, so important. It, it, you, when you look at this slide, you clearly, <coughs> when you define how much space can be captured using Matterport or using uh, a 360 video camera that, or 360 camera that shoots interval and or a 360 camera that's shooting video or, or, or video with time-lapse. Um, if, you, if you look at what you have, which again, I think is generous towards Matterport to say 2,500 square foot feet an, an hour versus being able to do 40,000 square feet, that, that's mind-boggling that now uh, Cupix using videogrammetry is able to use the video in, in, in order to do 40,000 square feet in an hour. That's, it's like crazy insane. Um, so th and, to me- And we'll show you examples of this, but you know, there's trade-offs between interval photos versus video. So, you know, your quality isn't gonna be quite as good. Um, again, just as the nature of video. Um, so again, it's a trade-off and we have examples of the same space captured with both methods and we can show you what the difference looks yeah, like. Yeah, and, but I, what I think I'm, he I'm hearing from you, Scott, is if you're shooting interval, you essentially are shooting a 360 photo and the quality is going to be better than the video. So even at the interval shooting, uh, there's a 10 times um, faster way to capture content. Correct, yeah. And probably at one-tenth the cost. Because I want to say, Scott, you were talking about the Insta360 one camera. I, I have one of those, very happy with it. I, 
I want to say, I don't know, maybe it's 350, maybe it's less now. Yeah, it's a little less. Uh, really catering to the action market and the amount of money that an action photographer has is in the GoPro range or you know small camera range. So you, yeah, but but even you know if you're if you're reach if you're saying hey I want to I want to experiment with Cupix I want to get started for for a Insta 361 camera uh, you're off and running and you have the choice. Uh, of interval shooting or video shooting is in 360. Uh, yeah, Paul, sorry Paul, to de delay you here, but I just thought this slide just speaks volumes. And Paul, no, you're okay. going to cover some of the, uh, the cameras that you're using, so I think the audience will be surprised with the uh, camera we actually recommend for um, a lot of these large spaces. Yeah. Um, and so, so actually with that, Scott, I think I was going to pass it over to you really quick. Yeah, I what think I'm going to show what? one more thing just to... Paul, you started to show another slide. Where, where oh, I didn't. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> so, okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop my share really quick. Scott and can, Scott can pick it up. Yeah. Okay. Here you are. And uh, what I'm gonna do is just expand a little bit more on this on this same example, um, but show a couple of different types of comparisons that you can do, <coughs> or a couple different types of measurements that you can uh, cameras that you can use rather. Um, and what we have is a uh, really high-end camera, full-frame Sony uh, camera with a panoramic head. Uh, so really kind of the best quality photo uh, that you can get. And right next to it, um, we have uh, point-and-shoot type of camera, the, the same camera that was pictured on top of Paul's head in the earlier slide. Uh, but with this, uh, with these two cameras loaded inside of Cupix, what you're able to see is a comparison of uh, the cameras side by uh, side. So, so wh which one's on the left? Okay, on the left, we are looking actually at the Sony. Okay. okay. Uh, oh, I see. And then the MySphere is on the right. And the MySphere, yeah. MySphere is... Uh, Xiaomi MeSphere is on the right. Xiaomi MeSphere, easy for you to say, thank you. Xiaomi MeSphere. MeSphere, right. Okay. So we can uh, take these photos pretty quickly using um, uh, a tripod. Um, Paul's going to get into a much faster way of uh, collecting the photos. But even at, at its lower, uh, lowest uh, price point, really, you've got an HDR uh, image. So you can see you know, the uh, windows are blown out. And you've got a lot of detail um, between both uh, both cameras, and I think we are seeing experiencing some lag just with the video mm -hmm. data. But you get a lot of detail, a lot of um, information from uh, this this really low cost uh, camera. Yeah. Again, that's WGAN TV live stream that's uh, has the latency of doing your demo there. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, I should point out that 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 company we did we helped with that was a company called Bone Structure. And they're kind of doing some very innovative things in residential construction. Um, they do design build and they're doing a lot of the uh, construction, uh, pre doing prefab construction. So it's all with metal construction and it's probably why you questioned, is this really a residential? Yeah, I, I've thing? never seen a re residential that, that and, had, uh, um, yeah. It's pretty amazing. They come out and everything is just brought out on a truck and all they do is assemble it. Um, so everything's done in Revit. They do everything, you know, prefabrication of everything. Cool. Um, pretty kind of, it, it's pretty amazing. It's cool. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, and then another type of camera that Paul will get into um, more, quite a bit more, is lapse <coughs> uh, handheld uh, camera. So what we're seeing to now is cameras that were mounted on a tripod. Uh, this is a camera that's being used in an unlit basement, so we can see side by side um, the camera performance in an unlit basement versus um, you know a camera that's mounted on a tripod and even in a completely unlit area you're able to get um, great detail you're able to figure out exactly where you are uh, in a spot and if you wanted to navigate anywhere uh, within the within the tour you can do that easily either with a floor plan or using the virtual navigation that we're doing here um, so uh, some re really good impressive performance that you can get from these consumer action cams these days um, so that's, that's an example of that. And then the other thing that I wanted to show here um, is, uh, bear with me, I had to set up two screens to get the, If you're just tuning in, you're watching WGAN-TV live at 5. Our, our guests today, uh, Scott Anderson and Paul Collert with uh, Cupix. Uh, um, I've promised magic, and I know this for many, this is probably magic just watching what you're doing, but I, I think there's like like incredible magic that, that I've had a chance to uh, preview last week, uh, and I just can't wait to, for, for Paul and Scott to get to that because it's like, oh, it'll just blow you away. It's really exciting. All right, and, and here we go. I got it on screen, so uh, thank you. This will take only a minute to to load, and what we or a couple seconds to load. And what we're looking at is a comparison of a uh, E360 camera. This is what I taken with the video. This is one that you can get at the Microsoft Store. They don't sell it at the Apple Store. And what's uh, being shown is again a side by side view. So I'm still seeing the screen paint. Uh, um Perhaps Paul could do that demo. So I know you're in two different uh, now. Now it's loading. There we go. Okay, great. All right. So we've got a video. You, you want to make that full screen for us? I could. Yeah. Does that help? Uh, okay. Okay. So we again we've got a side by side view, and we're looking at video capture, and on the left we've got the actual uh, tour, and then on the right we've got a BIM model. <laughs> Start calculating 3D locations of all of the photos and all of the, uh, uh, the the complete tour, whether the camera is at a high position or low position. We know exactly where the camera location is. We can uh, coordinate uh, the actual model versus the uh, uh, BIM model. So, so let, let's pause there for a moment, Scott. So what we're looking at, and I think you have a slider, so you can make the one side bigger or smaller. So um, is there a slider there between, yeah, between there the two? Is. Yeah. So uh, what we're looking at on the left is the 3D tour. What we're looking at at the right is the BIM, mar BIM model that the architect visualized. My, my question is, is for, I think for Paul, is why is that important and, and to whom is that important? Are are you able to hear me? I, I might be yes. muted. Okay, sorry. And I apologize. I'm I'm not feeling all that great, so I'm doing a have a lot of coughing going on. Um, actually, you know, Dan, let's actually go to my next demo and talk about that maybe in a little bit more detail. 
Okay. Um, I have some other projects and um, you might've seen that house. That's my house. Um, so uh, I guess you can call me the architect on that one. Um, but I have some more, again, this is residential. And what I wanted to do is get into commercial spaces. Okay. Yes, and, Let me hand it over. Uh, That's a perfect time to hand it over to you. So, okay. Uh, yeah, we'll, we got that question covered, Dan. We okay. Set up. Uh, so you're let's have to see, stop your share Scott, if you Scott. can stop sharing, and then Paul will be able to to share. Okay, now Paul can share. Yep. So you can see my screen there. Yep. It's on fire. Okay. <laughs> um, so what I wanted to talk about was um, a couple different markets, specifically for kind of where we're targeting. And the first one I'm going to talk about is. Kind of, I'm kind of lumping them all together, but I'm calling it commercial real estate, architecture, facilities management. And really what the goal, um, more so for architecture and facilities management, is to be able to visit the site at any time from your desktop. So if you're an architect, um, you're redesigning a space, and there's always that time where, oh, I forget someplace in that building and I need to design something or see that condition, they have the ability through their desktop to get there at any time. And what I'm going to do is load up just a couple examples that are used by architects on live projects. And actually what I'm going to do is go to the site first. And so this architect uh, based in uh, Mountain View, California, um, needed to reconstruct the shell of this building. They didn't have any as-built for this. And they also need, again, they're only working on one suite that is located in this one location. But when you go to submit for approval through the city, you have to have the entire site on there, all the parking, handicap, um, all that information. So what happened was we created a 3D tour of the site. So if you look on here, again, we just used a picture of Google Earth. Um, think of it as Google Street View for construction projects. Um, but you can see all the, the panos where you can pretty much go anywhere on this site and look and see the conditions. And notice if you look down, you're seeing the helmet right there. And so depends how you want to walk. You can walk through or you can go to any pano. Um, and again, it's just used for visual documentation of the site. And... I've worked with architects on many projects like this, and it's sometimes it's pulling teeth to get feedback. And this one architect, I, I, I've known them a very long time, and I can periodically go into the office and I'll walk around and I see people with Cupics on their desktop. And I talk to them and pin them down, and they're like, oh no, I'm in it almost daily. Every day, I have it up. Um, so they're using it even more during their design process and when they're doing design, construction documents, and so on. Um, so it's become very invaluable during that process. Um, and if I go to, um, we actually ca ca captured the roof also. And really it was, uh, they're not working, they're working on this side of the building. But now if they need to do anything um, with mechanical, um, they're going to have a, a information here as to potentially where you could locate those on the roof, depending mm -hmm. upon the requirements inside a specific suite. Uh, Paul, and I just want to point out, because it, it, it may be a little bit hard to see 
for, for our viewers to see. Um, but you have two ways to, uh, or at least three ways. You're, you're walking by going from a, a scan point to scan point, but you have the ability to click on any point within your mini map in the bottom left. And then I also see a pull up, pull down menu where it says roof. Yeah, so uh, this is, uh, think of it as like a level selector, like you level. see in Matterport. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't necessarily need to be a level. Um, you know, one's the site, one's the roof, one's a specific suite. Um, and, you know, the navigation, I can click anywhere in a certain direction, kind of like Google Street View. Um, I can, it's hard to see the arrows because I have such a white uh, background, but there's also arrows yes. here you can navigate. The good news okay. is Simon's probably watching this, making a note right now of uh, <laughs> what, what, what to do when... What uh, to do with a white background. A, a white um, background. Um, and then you can zoom in and out of the, the plan. Um, there's also buttons here. And then at any time, just, hey, I want to go over here. Yep. Okay, great. Thank you. And, and then lastly, I'll go to the suite. So here's the suite they're going to remodel. And again, just your typical 3D tour, walking through, um, zoom in and go to a certain point. So this was actually a lab at one point. Um, so a perfect example of architects and kind of also goes to facilities management and I'll load another example. Um, if anyone's been in the San Francisco Bay Area and seen a concert, you've maybe been to Shoreline Amphitheater. Um, and this was actually more for facilities management for Live Nation to be able to see their spaces. Um, and management is all over the world. So um, again, this was a small sample, but if we go over to, let's say, the other side of the cafe, um, they have the ability to walk through that cafe and we do have a reference floor plan. And another thing I should point out is this was done with time-lapse video. Um, and this was an early version of our time-lapse video, and you'll see on the floor plan, um, it's very easy to see kind of the path that you walk through that space. And I mean, this was probably done three months ago, and a lot has been done with the algorithms to figure out how should we display those panos. So in some cases, we're showing a lot of panos, but they're, they're doing a lot of work to, to, to improve that. Um, and then when you get into facilities management or even in architecture, Bathrooms are really important, and that bathroom is not looking too good right there. Um, but a lot of times you need to know... But the guy in the mirror is. Yeah, <laughs> there I am. Um, <laughs> a lot of times you need to know, are bathrooms up to code? Um, you know, do I need to upgrade those bathrooms to ADA standards, American Disabilities Act standards? So um, a lot of times when you're in these types of situations, more detail, the better. So more pictures, the better. So... Um, and then we have other areas of, uh, so they could remotely check out the concession tents. Um, they could actually walk through the bar. Um, here, I'm going to go through the bar there. And I've never been in that bar, let me tell you. <laughs> okay, I've been there a couple times. But uh, um, another example in, uh, did I have another uh commercial real estate. Oh, and then I had one for talking about commercial real estate. And this was used by a commercial real estate broker to have people be able to remotely walk the space. And 
This gives you an idea on speed. This was about you know, 37,000 square feet. We used interval photos with a MeSphere camera. And the MeSphere, the nice thing about the MeSphere is it takes 7K photos. So it takes pretty high resolution photos. And 36, 37,000 square feet was captured in 65 minutes. Crazy. So if you do the math on that, it's about 28,000 square feet an hour. Very exciting. And so again, you have your reference map. You can go anywhere you want. And the range, I'd mentioned a range of about 15,000 square feet to 100,000 square feet. Um, what you'll find is there's a lot of cubicles, a lot of private offices. It's going to take a little longer to capture that space. And that's what you're seeing here. And this commercial real estate broker is one of the things I'm trying to encourage commercial real estate brokers is this information can be helpful in the next phase of whoever takes this building or rents this building. If they go through a tenant improvement or remodel, um, this information, the commercial real estate let, let me ask you this, Paul, before you, before you go into the use cases, um, uh, do you have the, the, the demo that I looked at last week? Um, the construction demo? Yeah, because it's... Oh, yeah, it, we're going to get to that. You're yeah. going to get to that? Yep. Okay, okay. Um, so it's, it's, I'm trying to encourage commercial real estate brokers or building owners uh, to, with the 3D tours, this information can be passed off to the next phase of this building, which could be a tenant improvement. So the architect could use this information. And then everybody on the design team, mechanical, electrical, uh, uh, space planning for furniture, every, all this can be used by everyone on this design team to physically walk the space from your, from your browser. So uh, that's one of the things we're really trying to encourage people to use the system for. So those were a couple use cases on uh, architecture, facilities management, commercial real estate. So what I wanted to do, oh, and actually I meant to, this is also something that um, I captured that exact same space in time-lapse video that I was going to show you. Uh, again, what you'll find is the, the quality isn't quite as good. But with this space, actually I had the info up, um, captured the same space in 35 minutes. About half the time. So 55,000 square feet an hour to capture 37,000 square feet. Um, and... Oh, I thought I had set up. And so for clarification, that, that is time-lapse video rather than uh, interval shooting. That's correct, yes. Okay. And it was taken with uh, a, uh, a setting of 0 0.5 seconds or take two frames a second. Okay, and that one you used a, a Yi 360 camera. Correct. Okay. And what's the right, can you uh, share the resolution of the Yi 360? Was it uh, 5.7? Uh, I think so. K. Uh, yeah. yeah, of uh, video. So, still very high resolution. <clears throat> so then what I wanted to do is get into construction. And uh, some of the features that we've created, you know, very specific to construction is really to enable, again, the whole project team to be able to walk the construction site from, again, your desktop. Um, so anybody involved in that project could have access to that. Now, before I get to the sample we showed you, Dan, um, this is one we did just last week. Um, 
And this is our first scan of it, but we'll be doing 3D tours of this maybe every couple weeks to get a progress status. Um, and actually the info would, oh, I don't have the info uh, stated in here, but this is five floors, including a basement and a roof. And it's about 120,000 square feet. And the time, if you were to equate that and how fast we captured it, it was just under 50,000 square feet an hour to capture this. So uh, we were on site about using what, which Using which technique? Um, this was using interval photos with okay. a MeSphere at 7K resolution. And yeah, you have to tell me the amount of time you spent in the building again. Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. 120,000 so, square feet. Two and a half hours, 120,000 square feet, five floors plus a rooftop. Correct. So just by comparison, if, if I was shooting that space with, with Matterport, even if I could shoot it with Matterport, because there's some limitations on host on processing and how it's displayed. I want to say... Um, fairly open. It's fairly ten, open inside also. Ten, it would take me at least 12 full days to shoot that with Matterport if that was possible for, for, for me personally to shoot that space. And, and I would say that the folks at Matterport would say, oh, no, you're so far off. Even if it's half that time, uh, we're still talking about um, six days versus two and a half hours. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, uh, it becomes a whole thing I was mentioning is labor is your biggest cost. Labor, yeah. So th this is, I mean... Uh, and again, we still haven't exactly gotten to the magic that I promised at the top of the hour. Yeah. But but j j even even that, for someone who is seeing this for the first time, is is to say, you can create a three D tour of one hundred and twenty thousand square feet in two and a half hours. You with a with a three sixty camera that that shoots uh, seven and a half K. I think I heard. And twenty five megapixels for uh, the viewers. Twenty five megapixel. Uh, twenty five megapixel. Photo. Yeah. And, and that's using interval shooting um, for an audience that actually doesn't care um, about necessarily the high, the, high, the HDR type imagery. Correct. It's, it, yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, again, we're in the basement. It's, uh, it's dark, but you can still make things out. Um, and it, it is an active construction site. So you're working around people. Um, and you'll, you know, sometimes there's certain areas you can't get into. So, for example, this, uh, this is the bottom of an atrium. Just can't get into that area. Can't walk into it. Okay. But your, your um, geometry doesn't collapse just because you're missing that piece. Correct. Yes. Okay. So, um, and what you'll find, there are some features in the system to automatically blur faces. So... Um, he's already blurry because he's actually walking through the mm -hmm. space. But if you get closer to people on certain tours, they're automatically blurred out. So we do have some machine learning uh, it built into the system to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and we do have some features in the editor um, such that you can edit the photos dynamically. Um, I'm not in the editor. I'm in the public-facing uh, player. But in the editor, I could go up to this and just blur his face automatically right in the editor. Or if you had a license plate, or uh, you have an office with uh, confidential information on whiteboards, you could just blur it all out. So.
Um, and again, that's built in right into the editor to be able to do that. Um, so again, you just switch between your floors, pretty easy. S you know, same navigation as before. And um, notice you're seeing floor plans. When you're dealing with construction projects, you have floor plans. So um, a lot of this is aligning the Cupix model to the floor plan. And what I'm gonna show on the next project is then it takes one step further um, we can align the Cupix model to the floor plans, but also to the BIM model. And so I'm going to load up this project in downtown San Francisco. And so this was captured April 6th. And again, same thing, you have a, again, this is it's very similar to the others. And you can see this is a very active construction site. Um, we're seeing uh, metal studs getting in place. And as you walk this space, um, here, let's go over to an open area here. And they're actively putting in mechanical ducting. So sometimes it gets a little crazy and that you have to walk around areas that, you, again, areas you just can't, I can't walk through the mechanical ducting. So uh, you do what you can. But this is being used by the construction team the general contractors, architects, mechanical, electrical uh, contractors, so that they can see what's going on on the site. And we also have the, we're doing the top two floors of this building, so I can go down a floor to the 13th floor. And again, inspect this site, again, navigate or navigate through the panels directly on the floor plan. How important is that mini map uh, uh, and showing orientation to the users of this oh, it's, content? It's very important because everybody working on the site understands the floor plan and they're used to the floor plan. Um, so if I'm here and I want to get to that other side of the building, it's very difficult to walk, 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 walk through the, the entire site. Much easier just to say, I know exactly where I want to be, go there. Um, and Again, we're spatially accurate. So notice the pano in the mini map is showing you the exact orientation that you're on. Now, also what I wanted to show is, you know, part of the setup of this is aligning the Cupix model to the floor plans, but then we can also bring in the BIM model. And so if I go to compare, oh, and actually one step further, um, actually, before I get to compare of the BIM model, what we're able to do is we're able to compare different time slices of the same construction site from the same location. So, uh, so this is this is the first piece of magic that that I was thinking we were going to see in today's program. So I'm very excited to see this because um, when you start moving, uh, uh, so are we a, a couple weeks apart from? what was shot on the left versus the right? So if you look on the bottom here, uh, this side was captured uh, April 6th, and mm -hmm. this side was captured March 21st. And, and while you're moving April 6th, or while you're, I, and I presume you can move either one, the other moves simultaneously. Correct, yes. So we're literally seeing the progress uh, of about two weeks difference on this job site and it's not like i'm have to figure out how to move the picture simultaneously the magic here is that the left side and the right side are it's moving automatic yeah um can can you talk a little <coughs> bit about 
why this progress. So imagine that I'm a 3D tour photographer, I'm shooting residential, I'm thinking about commercial construction, architects, etc. Who cares about this progress? Um, I mean, everybody on the project team. Uh, and what this will eventually get passed off to is the building owner. And uh, one of the things we haven't talked about is that we do have a, a Cupix export so that you can archive this and then play it on any desktop, Mac mm. or Windows. Whoa, that's exciting. And so handoff to the, the building owner is, here was the entire construction process. And what that's going to help with is the next tenant that moves into this space, let's say five years from now, they're going to have a record of what's behind those walls. Let, let's go a little bit slower. Let, so let's begin at the beginning. So I'm an architect. Why might, uh, why might I look at this progress? Well, you'll find with architects, architects are always involved with construction administration. So as soon as the design's done, the architect and pass over the drawings to the contractor, they're still involved during the entire construction process. Um, and there's change requests going on constantly, constantly, because you get into the field, there's issues you just can't come across. And the architect needs to, to make changes to the model, to the plans. And what this does is it enables the architect to see exactly what's going on. They don't need to, um, the architect is in Mountain View. This building is in San Francisco. Depending upon the time of day, it could take anywhere from an hour to two hours to drive to this site. Um, this is much easier for those architects. What was the architect doing previously to having this kind of solution? Or what are they um, doing today without this well, solution? Well, I mean, they would maybe take a photo and send the photo. But you always have the issue of, I didn't take enough photos. I didn't take the right photos. Um, not enough coverage of those photos. And again, we're finding that they're in here all the time now. And, and, and how do the construction engineering people, what, what, what's the benefit to them of having this progress? It's really for the people managing the construction projects. So the project managers that aren't necessarily there day to day, um, you know, you, mo your laborers are there doing the mechanical, electrical, um, you know, doing the kind of the hard work of what needs to be done in the site and they can see progress. They can see what's happening. Um, it's uh, without going on site. So um, a lot of terms they'll use or even the higher ups at uh, the, the tenant that's gonna see this, they wanna do an executive walkthrough of the space. They wanna see the status. They wanna make sure it's moving forward. So, and, and how often does that happen? That the, the person who is, the, the, the company that is leasing or buying a space wanna physically walk through? Um, it, it really just depends on the client. Um, and also on construction sites, it really depends how often they want to take, uh, a, create a 3D tour to capture um, the construction project in time. Again, it, it really I, I could imagine that the the owner of that space could be, it, it's being built in one city, the architect is in a different city, the owner of the building is in a different city, and the company that's leasing that space is in yet a different city. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So it, and, it and I would imagine in the past what that might have meant, a lot of airline tickets and hotel rooms <coughs> and, and maybe even construction pausing perhaps as large tour groups come through of owners or built owners or of the building or people who are gonna lease the space. Um, so construction people are having to stop in order to, to give a tour. Exactly, yeah. It's, so, uh, 
So I, I, mean, I just I just wonder if you know as when when we think about as photographers and we want to pitch business to architects and engineers and construction space that that this kind of um, compare compare the three D tour uh, two weeks ago three weeks ago five weeks ago. Um, may simply be less expensive and a better, less expensive than people flying in and giving people time back. The, ar exactly. the architect is not taking a, a half a day or a day to, to drive through San Francisco traffic in, in order to do an inspection that could probably be done in two minutes uh, of whatever key discussion everybody was having. Exactly. And a lot of it is... I had talked before about um, architects using it for visual documentation to help with design, but mm -hmm. we're also trying to communicate that it, it benefits everybody, not just that architect. So when you're selling it, yes, you're trying to sell an architect saying, I can, I can provide services for construction documentation, but you also need to let them know that it's valuable to the building owner, it's valuable to the contractor valuable to all the stuff but, but somebody has to pay somebody has, somebody to, pay has to pay for it, it. and yeah. i and i could imagine that that part of our presentations is is uh, is visual storytellers is to say this is the kind of tool that will help you win more business to to win that commission to do the the design because these are the tools that you're you or the construction these are the tools that you're using to help your client save time, save money, and to be part of the process so things don't get designed that then have to be, you know, things don't get built that, that have to get unbuilt because a mistake was made during construction. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so now um, you talked about turning this over to a, a, a client. Um, uh, there were a couple words that you used. Test fit. Can you, can you talk about test fit first? Um, Test fits are, it's more in commercial real estate where uh, a commercial real estate broker uh, is trying to find tenants for buildings and they'll go through this formal process called a test fit to figure out, and again, we're talking bigger spaces. Um, it's not your 5,000, 10,000, 25,000 square foot office, but I have 500 people and I'm trying to rent this space is 500 people going to work for me? Mm -hmm. um, I, I was actually thinking I have a $3 million piece of equipment. And before I ship it from Asia to the United States, I, I want to actually know that that piece of equipment is going to fit. Well, yeah, that's uh, kind of, that's a kind of a, it, that isn't what the test fit means in the commercial okay. real estate world, okay. world. But again, everything, all of this could be used for exactly what you're talking about okay. on technical projects. Okay. And so, and then uh, I think you were starting to talk a little bit about all the digital assets being turned over to the, is it to the property management company? And um, it would be to whoever paid for the system. Yeah. So, and then that can be turned over to anybody. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a complete export of everything you see in the player and it can run on a desktop. So that uh, when the water starts flooding, when there's an electrical problem where you need to know what's behind the drywall. You would have access to that. Because so, you have, you, you have the, the, the visualization dur during the progress of construction. And I, I would imagine that, that sometimes when the architect is called for 
infrastructure to be in X place, it ends up in Y place during the build. And so the, um, the, the typical part is you start opening up drywall to go find what you're looking for as opposed to now you know exactly where it is. <laughs> exactly, yes. Okay. Uh, can you take us to, are we up to the showing, just I want to see that BIM model again. Okay, and that's, uh, that's, that's the next step here. Um, so part of the comparison is the BIM model. Now, one of the things, uh, actually what's interesting about this project was I actually assisted with the creation of the as-built BIM model. Um, before I started with Cupix. And I was using, uh, and a part of the testing I always do, I'm always testing the latest, greatest. And I was using a mobile LiDAR scanning system uh, to see how well it would work on this project and didn't do very well. And unfortunately found myself with a laser measure, tape measure, taking dimensions, which really isn't what I wanted to be doing. Um, but, uh, it's also, you know, my involvement with this project. Not that I do the BIM modeling. I have people overseas that help me with that. Um, but what you're seeing is the original as-built BIM model. Um, we're working on demos. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have an email to the architect, you know, send me the latest BIM model so that you can actually see side by side, not just the existing phase, the new phase, you know, show me where the wall should be and everything else. But you get a general idea of the capabilities of that, of being able to dynamically see the, what you're seeing is the as built and as designed. And, and, and what I think we're also seeing, and, and help me understand this, but when we're, when we're looking at the BIM model designed in Revit, R-E-V-I-T, that the, the BIM is generally done, I wanna say in five sections, is that right? Uh, what do you mean by five sections? Oh, here's the electrical. Here's the oh, plumbing. By, by trade, yes. So By trade. Yeah. So um, not everybody does it within 3D. Um, kind of depends upon the project. Your, your architects, even with architects, not everybody will do it in 3D. But if they're using Revit, typically they're taking the time to get it into 3D appropriately. Um, so if we're talking about in Revit, then... And, and it's in a 3D model, then in all likelihood that it's in layers by trade. Correct. So the, the one who's doing the drywall versus the electrical versus the plumbing. And what we're working on, and there's, you know, this, is, this just came out, this whole BIM integration, but we're working on some ability to uh, change visibility dynamically within the model to make this even more useful for everybody on the, the project team. So for example here, um, hey, turn off structural columns. Or, you know, I don't have any mechanical electrical, but you would see the different trades by object types within okay. the model. So, so, so I could go through and say, hey, make, make my walls uh, transparent, and I want to see what's behind them in the BIM model. Mm -hmm. Or so, highlight so, the mechanical ducts red. Um, and again, dynamically do that while you're looking at this model. Yeah, to, to me, Paul, this is amazing. When, when Scott first showed this to me uh, last, last uh, when, uh, um, when Scott showed this to me last week, um, really the only words that came to mind, uh, you know, was magic, that the ability to compare uh, uh, 
timeframes, the ability to compare to BIM model, uh, just to me seemed amazing. What, what, again, I want to ask the question I asked earlier is, why does this matter? To, it, it looks fantastic as a, as a layperson. I go, wow, look at that. I can, I can see this is where the work is today. This is what was originally envisioned. The question is, why is this important uh, to, in, to any of the trades, architects, engineers, client, owner, leaser? Well, I mean, from the construction process, it's, uh, again, I wish I had a little bit better BIM model example here. But if I had the BIM model with electrical, structural, mechanical, you're going to be able to potentially highlight or spot problems before they occur. So the mechanical ducting, that's just in the wrong place. They, they installed it incorrectly just by visual inspection. Um, that's one of the biggest advantages to be able to visually see, again, what was designed versus what was built um, and catch those problems before they occur. Um, anytime, anytime you can capture those problems earlier on, you're saving money on the project. It's amazing. Uh, uh, Scott, of, of those uh, in this space, or Paul, that you've showed this to, um, what, what's been their reaction? I mean, I think people are pretty blown away just on the, the idea behind the whole, everything that we're doing. Your, your adjectives and, and adverbs are uh, the, the best uh, so far, but uh, yeah, really, really impressed by what uh, we've been able to do here in such a short time. Yeah, um, I mean, we may be taking time. this for granted, but uh, you know, as, as far as I know, this is the, on WGAN TV Live at Five. This is the first time that Cubix is showing publicly um the um side by side comparison of, of a 3d tour in a time frame and a 3d tour to the bim model and um uh to me this this looks incredibly exciting i that that's why i just think of it as magic because it's it's an it's an it seems like a very natural way to look at something um uh, as opposed to scattered pictures or uh, fr frankly i i could imagine that that uh, an, an architect in, in, in one location could be reviewing projects in multiple cities without getting on a plane. Yeah, yes, very much. And, and I should, you know, I should state that, uh, you know, this is all available if people are on Cupix, but I should also state we don't have very good documentation on this yet. <laughs> so, uh, you know, everything's public beta right now. Everything's free. Um, but I would recommend as we get our documentation together, shoot us an email. Let us know what type of project you're working on. And we'll, we'll direct you in a certain way on capturing the space. Um, there, there is some initial setup of the system to be able to align your reality model with the floor plan and align with your BIM model just requires just some initial coordination to make that happen. And we have tools to make that easy, but you need to think about that uh, before you get too far and then you have to change it. Um, but it is uh, fairly easy to configure and administer. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, well, before we get to questions, and I, I know we have uh, uh, at least the, uh, one member that's in our virtual studio audience, our lounge, uh, that's going to be joining us for, for some questions, and I, I had some questions too. Um, what else would you like to show us today? You know, Scott, I think you were going to do a, a wrap-up. 
Oh, you're muted. It's a brief wrap up uh, on my side uh, in terms of sharing the screen. Yeah. Did you still want? Uh, uh, did you want? Did you want to share screen? Yeah. yeah. Just okay. Real quick. Uh, it's available now. Like Paul said, if you got big sites, you can achieve this uh, this level of return on. Uh, camera that you can get from Fry's Electronics or the Apple Store or Microsoft Store or online at Amazon. Uh, so huge AEC sites, you can do those really fast. Um, and we've got the offline viewer, the CPX viewer. That's uh, so amazing. I'm, I'm, I, you know, you, you, you move, you just, uh, Paul took us through that and I think he just assumed, well, of course, we would have a way to export all our data and you could have it forever and it's not going to cost you for hosting or something. So to me, that is huge. That is a that is a big deal. The fact that we can turn over everything to a, a client is just, to me is just amazing. Yeah, and that's a big deal for archiving. Um, if you want to keep it live, that's the best. It's the best way to to keep it live. You can view it on mobile. You can open open up your phone and just uh, access it anywhere securely. Uh, but if you need to have it offline, if you're doing a nuclear site or something that just shouldn't really be uh, be online, it should be a little bit more secure or for project closeout, the CPX viewer and exporting the file is a big deal. So it's an offline exportable uh, export, exportable format. Um, so we're really excited about that and that's a key key need for uh, this industry and a lot of other industries for that matter. And then, uh, yeah, and as Paul's mentioned, when you're ready for a big site, uh, you can do what we're showing right here. Just reach out to us, we'll, uh, we'll give you the latest best practice. If you're looking at this, um, this video today, what Paul mentioned is Basically, the best practice, but um, a week from now, a week from now, a month from now, um, you know, it might uh, slightly change. But more, more than likely, we'll have the documentation online. So, if you're ready for a big, big site, check our documentation or reach out to us to get uh, the best practice. Okay, ter terrific. Um, anything else at the moment? No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if we can bring Leon. Leon's been patiently uh, s sitting in our green room, and I think he had some, some questions that you wanted to ask. Uh, uh, hey, Leon, good to see you. Leon, can you, you hear us okay? Can you hear me? Yep, great. You had some questions for Scott or Paul? Mm, you're just catching me munching on a biscuit here. I haven't seen tea. <laughs> Uh, All right, so I'll, I'll do a little introduction while you finish there. Uh, uh, Leon is a member of the We Get Around Network Forum. Uh, he's in the UK, and um, he does deep dives uh, um, into any and everything uh, 360-related. And so he's, he's particularly interested in uh, what Cupix has been up to. Um, uh, Leon, did you have some uh, – uh, maybe you had an observation first, and then maybe some questions for Paul and Scott. Well, um, Paul, Scott, um, amazing work. Um, uh, I was just thinking, yeah, what shall I compare it to? And uh, it reminds me when I was a youngster and um, uh, watching the first um, uh, moon landing. And um, I get the same sort of feeling, the same sort of excitement. It's um, technology that is um, incredible. Um, one of the... Uh, challenges uh, here in the UK is that there's a, a lot of old buildings without um, any existing plans available and that is quite uh, a big challenge in capturing uh, the information and uh, generating uh, plans uh, uh, 
plants that were there is not it's somewhere misplaced or whatever uh, what is the uh, best practice to actually generate uh, a plan uh, from uh, excuse me uh, scott could you take it off screen sharing for us yeah i sure can thank you so i guess i'll take that um now cupix uh today um isn't uh you know, for, for really large sites, isn't the best thing to base your construction documents off of in terms of how we capture the 3D mesh. Um, you're going to want to actually get other document, you know, other information. Um, there could be things we do in the future to help with that. Um, but, it, I, you know, I'm familiar with a lot of the other ways people are doing things. And, you know, a lot of times people are doing it hand measuring, laser measures, tape measures. Um, other options are you know, high definition laser scanning, and that gets just very expensive. Um, so I, I can't say I necessarily have the best um, thing for you today, um, but, uh, you know, maybe we might be able to do more in the future on that. I don't know if I answered it. <laughs> uh, no, I've come to the same sort of conclusion. I thought maybe there was some a little bit of additional magic here. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, you know, add, add a couple of comments on how that how that workflow uh, might work, and, and we are we are seeing that that workflow going from a cubic tour to a floor plan uh, being done today, just not on the larger sites because it's uh, it's hard to maintain the accuracy over very very large sites, very very large site, and there's better ways to measure a large site, um, but that is to use a uh, I use the auto sketched floor plan that we're we're generating from cubics. Um, so that etched in line represents more than just a single cross section. It really represents uh, 3D space taken from multiple um, continuous cross sections as projected down onto a, a floor plan. Um, so, so there's ability to, to leverage that um, today uh, to build floor plans. And when you need a more precise measurement, you can introduce a more precise measurement with tape or laser or, or uh, a couple of other methods. But uh, that, that more than likely would be, uh, you know, if something comes to the surface for really big sites, um, it's going to be a workflow along those lines, which is um, being put in practice today. And on a side note, even people that are using high definition laser scanners, so be it Faro, Leica, um, they're still using ours for the visual information also as supplementary. Um, if any of you have ever worked with a point cloud from those systems before, um, it's not very easy to work with. So. Um, and it's what you'll find is in terms of a delivery, the point cloud, very few people can actually work at that point cloud. Everybody can work with a Cupix 3D tour. Um, so it's very complementary to those uh, laser scanning systems. Leon, did you have an, uh, other questions? Um, no, not really. Uh, okay. Uh, Paul, uh, I, I, I seem to... Um, I seem to recall at the top of the show, you, you might, uh, was there a camera that you wanted to tell us about that you had a preferred camera that you were, surprisingly, that you preferred one over another? You know, it's, I, I use so many that I, I found myself for stills using the, uh, the MeSphere for interval photos, um, just because it's the highest resolution to, you know, you can do it fast and uh, high resolution. Um, 
And, you know, I went back just yesterday. I was using the Rico Theta and it did a great job too. Rico Theta, Rico Theta V. Um, you know, it, we're flexible. So. Okay, cool. So I, I, I want to just give you a kind of a summary of my impressions because um, I, I think what Cupix is doing uh, is disruptive in, in such great ways. Um, uh, my takeaways from today's show, uh, uh, probably, I, wanna, I think I want to count maybe five things that, that just blew me away. Uh, first, um, that you can take the 3D tour and in a side-by-side -side comparison over a time interval. So progress, um, here's what happened, uh, which has happened in a week, in two weeks, in three weeks, in five weeks, and see progress. The second takeaway is that you can compare on the screen uh, split screen to look at the, the BIM model, and uh, that kind of blows me away. The, the third um, is the speed of capture that's possible um, uh, first with the, um, the interval shooting, and then second using the uh, video uh, with time lapse uh, uh, mashed up with the uh, uh, videogrammetry uh, that we learned about in our, our previous WGAN TV uh, uh, show with Scott. So the, the fact that you can do uh, a 120,000 square foot five level building and rooftop in, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was, I want to say it was about two and a half hours walking through two the space. Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours for, for uh, you know, we, we, we are a show, uh, our show is, 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 is for the We Get Around Network uh, community, our forum community, uh, you know, 10,000 plus Matterport photographers, Google Street View photographers. Uh, we're used to things taking, uh, call it an hour, maybe, maybe um, to, to scan a thousand, feet in an hour or may, maybe uh, two or three times faster, maybe in a commercial space, whatever you want to call it. We're, we're, we're talking about a magnitude of 10 times faster, uh, 20 times faster to, to scan spaces. Uh, it, to me, it's just, it's, it's absolutely beyond words of how using videogrammetry without a fancy camera, I think that's probably the, the fourth thing, is that you're able to use any off-the-shelf 360 camera from $130 to uh, whatever you want to pay camera, um, but can produce super nice results if, for a camera that's about $350, less certainly less than $500, that you can be doing amazing... Uh, um, uh, capture uh, of an, uh, I, I'm just struggling with the words because it just it's uh, I think as, as Leon said um, you know th this is he, his uh, he, he was talking about this was like watching the uh, uh, a rocket ship for the first time walking on the moon for the first time M my words was always like magical because it is it's just that easy so and then I think the the, the, the last thing, I think I'm up to five, was the fact that all of this record, the entire record, can be exported uh, and played on a, um, so there's no hosting f 
forever required. And then, uh, you know, if we're all lucky enough to do a nuclear reactor or some crazy space where there's some issues about it not being displayed publicly and hosted online, that there's there's ways to off offline this that it never needs to be public. Um, Just a quick point on that public uh, privacy item. So all of the tours that we're creating, this is very important for the industries that we're working in, all the tours that we're creating are by default private. So I can share with you, I can share with Leon, I can share with Paul, and I can revoke access to Paul, Leon, and and yourself as as needed. It's only when you decide to make a tour public and post it on the WGN forum like we we'd hope to do here soon, does it become public? So I wanted to make that distinction. So it gets it gets um, it gets processed in the cloud. Does that mean your support people have access to see what's being processed? Uh, we're providing B two B private uh, private service, so it's a business and a business. So we're not um, we don't have access to the cloud data. We're not. It's what, what you control is private, it is yours. You share it with our support team. And you submit a ticket and say, hey, we need some uh, some help with this tour. Then we'll ask for access. And then once we have access, then we can um, start taking a look around. So I, I would actually have to grant you access to the tour in order for you to help me. That would be that would be the process, correct? Process. So, um, so we have this whole issue of security um, that wow, that's really exciting. So um, anyway, so when, when I think about what you've showed today, and Scott, what you've showed to us on on two previous WGAN TV Live at Five shows, I, I'm just like blown away. I just think that that you know is is excited that as we've all been about perhaps a, a Matterport solution. Um, I I know in the forum we've had so many discussions about hey I got a Matterport camera I've been I have an opportunity to scan fifty thousand square feet a hundred thousand square feet and and I always think well you got to use the right just because you have a tool doesn't mean it's the right tool you got to use the right tool for the right occasion and um, uh, I think part of what you've shown today that if you're talking about construction sites commercial spaces. That are easily um, can be fifty thousand, hundred thousand square feet, a, a million square feet, and there's a need for not just capturing it once, but capturing the progress from from BIM model to delivery to the client. Um, this is like so crazy exciting. I mean, you you have something that's magic. Uh, Paul, I, you know, I think you should probably go back to Simon and let him know that you've added tens of millions of dollars in value to the uh, Cupix ecosystem by introducing um, the importance of the AEC. I mean, you knew Cupix had magic, but the magic really is, is 10x or 100x as soon as you introduce the AEC space to it. Yeah. So, And I, I, there's always been a space between, you know, kind of that limit to Matterport and beyond that, you know, these large sites, people are using high definition laser scanning that's very, very expensive, very, very slow. Um, so we really saw it as there's this, there's this need, kind of this in between the Matterport and these higher end systems, like even an Avis system that I've used before. Um, it's an expensive system um, and you don't always necessarily want to pay that much money and we're kind of filling that niche, so. Yeah, quite quite amazing. So someplace between I need precision accuracy, 
uh, scanning of a space because I got some very important engineering decision. So I'm going to pay for someone that's got a hundred thousand dollar precision scanner or more versus I'm going to use Matterport. You've said essentially uh, we can scan huge amounts of spaces. Um, and I, I, what am I trying to say here? I think is that for a Matterport photographer that you got to buy a 360 camera and make sure that 360 camera captures video and cupix c-u-p-i-x dot com today is in beta it doesn't cost anything so and then and then i think paul you're gonna you're gonna send us the info on the the, the uh, uh yeah. how you attach to a hard hat what device i really super geeky but i want to know you know, how do I attach my selfie pole or it's, my? It's like ten dollars. I, I know, but send send me send me the link. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's there's people in the forum who say I want to know how to attach my um my 360 camera to my hard hat, um so that I can walk the space. Well, uh, yeah, it's like a ten dollar hard hat and ten dollars worth of equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um so a anyway, I uh, very exciting. Let's let's do a little uh. A selfie shot for our our uh, little screen capture. Scott, Paul, come on, we got can I got thumbs up, big smile. Good. We'll we'll use that for our little screenshot. So, um, and unless you all had something else, um, Scott, thank you so much. Uh, we have you on Scott's mute there. Muted. Great. Scott? Thanks for having us. I'm glad that the thing that we, the link that we showed you resonated and that you had us on. Really appreciate it. Damn. Great. And Paul, thank you. Very appreciate you being on the show today. Thanks. And hopefully we'll see you at the end of next month here in San Francisco. Uh, sounds great. And uh, uh, Leon, always good visiting with you from the UK. And uh, uh, thank you for, for adding to the show. I know this was a topic was, uh, that you've been well, in fact Leon and I I think we had probably a full hour discussion just on this topic so we're, we're really excited about it um, and so uh, and for all of you thanks for tuning in you've been watching WGAN TV live at 5 uh, we've uh, recorded today's show if you missed any portion of it we will uh, put it in the we get around network forum if you're watching on YouTube our uh, it's the we it's a uh, www let's see uh, WGAN tv.com. We'll post the video in the We Get Around Network forum. Uh, thanks again for, for tuning in.